invite Professor Shiji Datta, Director of Center for Civilization Studies at Rishiwood University, to welcome the gathering and introduce the speaker. Oh, thank you, Shurav. Namaste, everyone. So, today we have um, something of an unusual subject at hand that we will be discussing. Unusual but interesting and uh, interesting in the manner that uh, we all come across uh, headlines, uh, uh, news bites and uh, breaking news uh, on our newspapers and news channels and uh, since 2021, 2nd of May, uh, when the results of the uh, latest Vidhan Sabha elections in West Bengal were declared, uh, the newspapers and channels were inundated with uh, news reports of uh, horrible incidents of violence all across West Bengal and even in some uh, border areas of uh, other states. So, uh, there were incidents of uh, people getting killed, there were uh, uh, heinous reports of uh, uh, rapes and murders, and uh, many people left their homes uh, and they were basically hiding from uh, a systematic uh, terrorism that had been unleashed at the aftermath of the Vidhan Sabha elections in West Bengal. Now, those incidents, uh, those reports uh, have a quality of instantaneity to them. And there is a risk that in, the, in, in these uh, breaking news and headlines, we uh, often uh, lose track of the uh, larger systems and the larger uh, happenings in the historical process that, that uh, we, can get, uh, we can lose track of these uh, larger systems. So, I would expect that uh, in today's talk, uh, which will be delivered shortly by Professor Devjit Chha, uh, we will uh, be able to find certain ways to make sense of uh, what is going on uh, in terms of uh, uh, political violence and probably also other kinds of violence which may have links to political violence, which is quite possible. Uh, it is uh, in this regard that uh, we thought that this topic that Professor Devjit has been recently working on and uh, we get to hear that Professor Jha and his co-authors paper uh, which deals with uh, the same topic will get published very soon in the Economic and Political Weekly uh, and uh, we congratulate you for that and thank you for coming here to the Rishwood University campus. Um, I would like to give a brief introduction to Professor Devjit Jha. Uh, Prasaj Ha is an associate professor at the Jindal School of Government and Public Policy and deputy executive director and founding member of the Center for Complexity Economics, Applied Spirituality and Public Policy at JGU. He holds a PhD in economics from the Center for Economic Studies and Planning, Jawaharlal Nehru University. Before joining JGU in 2017, he taught economics at different reputed government colleges in West Bengal under the West Bengal Education Service for more than six years. During this period, he also held the prestigious position of Assistant Director of Public Instruction to the Government of West Bengal. He has published several research papers in the journals of national and international repute and also participated in many conferences. He also delivered invited lectures in many institutions. Dr. Jha is a macroeconomist by training and his primary research interest is empirical growth economics and political economy. He is currently working in different interesting research projects funded by the Niti Aayog, World Bank, etc. including nowcasting and forecasting of economic growth and inflation in India for the Amritka trying to understand economic growth dynamics of Indian states, among other things. Over to you, Professor Chab. Thank you again for coming. Thank you, Professor Srijit. And uh, so, uh, I think, uh, yeah, uh, 
Sujit has given an interesting uh, say introduction to what I'm going to talk today. And uh, so, in a way, uh, definitely I'm going to talk uh, on this political economy of violence and more specifically the electoral violence, but uh, some other kind of violence I'm also going to cover. So, uh, so the actually what happened in West Bengal, say, uh, since 2011, when the current uh, government has uh, so came to power, so from that time, there is a kind of a we can see there is a huge political growth in West Bengal. Political growth means say simply we can we can measure it in terms of say increasing vote share of the incumbent political party. So now the. Uh, there, are, there are many interpretations of that and one of the kind of interpretations is say for example which, which comes from the idea of median voter theory. It says that whenever uh, 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 political growth or maybe the vote share of, uh, of the incumbent political party is increasing, it is in a sense it is showing that people are supporting the political party. right? And when that can happen, say, if the overall economic growth of that particular geographical region is increasing, or maybe the living standard of the people are increasing, right? So people are getting some benefit of whatever the government is doing, right? So many observers of uh, the political economy of West Bengal, they say that this increase in the political growth of the state or, or, or the incumbent political party is mainly due to the certain kind of say welfare schemes that has been introduced by the government right in last 10 uh, years or so and 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 actually this is what we are going to contest <coughs> we, uh, we have we have tried to contest here in this paper that uh, we are saying that in a democratic setting when uh, say there is a huge amount of political violence is present, right? Or maybe the oppression of the voters of the opposition political party is present. There is a possibility that the democracy itself is not working. So the high vote share in that context <coughs> may be an outcome of the oppression and intimidation of the voters, not, the, not what is happening in terms of, say, welfare policies or something else. Right? So this is what we are trying to show. So this is a joint paper with uh, two of my co-authors. Uh, co One is Dr. Shunetra Ghatta. Uh, she is in Manavrachna University. And then Professor Dibindu Maiti. He is in uh, Delhi School of Economics. So first let me discuss the political economy puzzle of West Bengal. So whenever we, so say for example, if we try to understand it in terms of uh, the median voter theorem that uh, what I was talking about, say then in that sense, always or, uh, say say the, the West Bengal economy remained an outlier. Why? In, uh, before the current uh, in, uh, regime, even uh, the, the left regime, which was the predecessor of that, so they have sustained almost for 34 years in power. And there were huge uh, or large period when the, uh, when the economic growth of the state was declining, right? So often, so, so it is again, again remaining a mystery for the West Bengal that if the economic growth is not increasing or maybe the welfare of the people are not increasing, then how, why people are voting that, that part, particular political party in power? And, and so, in a sense, this remains always a puzzle. So, West Bengal's political economy is a puzzle in context of, say, the Indian uh, or, or the political economy scenario of the other Indian states. Say, if we if we see, try to see that what uh, uh, these vote shares from 2011 in different elections, uh, in panchayat election, in uh, state assembly elections, and even in the uh, the uh, Bidan Shabha elections. So in all the elections, we can see there is an increasing trend of vote share of the, of the incumbent political party, TMC. So in 2011, it was 30, around 39%. Then except in 2019, there is a slight dip from 44.91 to 43.69%. Uh, but again, it has increased in 2000, uh, 2021. 
So, uh, very famous, uh, say, uh, economist like uh, Maitresh Ghatak of London School of Economics, then Abhijit Banerjee, who is a Nobel laureate as well, they somehow tried to relate it with the, uh, with the rise in rural consumption, which is a, definitely we can use it as a measure of welfare improvement of the people. And uh, so, so actually, they, they say that since the due to the uh, welfare schemes that has been introduced by the government, so uh, the maybe uh, people have been benefited, and so people are voting uh, the incumbent uh, government, and that is the reason for the increase in the vote share. Then. But I have already told that I am going to uh, actually, or in this paper, we try to contest that that particular idea. And then, so if it is not the case, so if we, we for the time being try to see that if there is some other kind of things are going on, then what may be the reason behind this increase in vote share? So this is what we, uh, we, are, we are going to start. So first of all, that uh, there is a clear evidence that we can see that uh, the bar diagram for the period, so these blue bars are for uh, that West Bengal, and this red, uh, uh, this is uh, saffron, I think, saffron bars are for uh, all India. So now we can see that the GDP growth for the period 2011 to 2019 for West Bengal not only remained lower than, say, its, uh, so all India level, but it was lower than even its previous period, so even its own history. So during the time of, uh, say, uh, 2001 to 2010, so the GDP growth rate was just before the 5%, 5, 5 but it has, uh, uh, it has declined to almost 4% for the period 2011 to 2019. And then when we try to understand that what is the source of this growth from the different sectors, that which sectors have performed well and which sector hasn't. So we have, we, we can see that there is a increase, there is a rapid increase in the agriculture sector. So we can think that the rural economy is basically progressing in that sense. But there is a massive decline in the industrial and the services sector during the last 10 years period. So again, so if we, if we for the time being that just try to believe that uh, okay these social welfare schemes are something which is, uh, uh, which is uh, people are getting benefit, right? So then, then just we try to look at the figures of the social sector expenditure in West Bengal compared to the other states or maybe the all India level and then the ratio of it. So whether the West Bengal government is or the spending of uh, spending in the social sector out of which a large share goes to these social welfare schemes. So whether that is increasing or decreasing. So we can see that in, con in uh, say, uh, say uh, in, in the first figure it shows that the uh, social sector expenditure in West Bengal has declined compared to the all India level. Then again, the ratio of the social sector expenditure of West Bengal and the All India social sector expenditure. So we can see that there is a clear declining trend. So now that the claim that uh, that these social and welfare schemes are somehow benefiting the people, that if the expenditure on these social sector uh, or, or or maybe these welfare schemes are declining, then definitely there is sufficient ground to Contest, uh, uh, contest the argument that uh, uh, that this is the source of maybe high vote share or the people are very happy in the state. Mm -hmm. Then the third point, which is one of the major important points missed by some, uh, all, almost all the studies is high level of political violence. So in recent period, if, uh, if we see, so uh, basically there is very, it is very difficult to get uh, reliable data on the actual number of political violence right. uh, which is happening in a particular state. But again, there are some sources or maybe some indirect sources which we can, we can think of uh, presenting as a evidence. So this is the data from of uh, political uh, murders attributed to political motives 
between 2010 and 2019 for different Indian states. So we can see that West Bengal is, is uh, during this period, the political murder is highest in West Bengal, right? Then again, one report of the Ministry of Human Affairs submitted to the Election Commission of India before the recent or maybe 2021 state assembly election suggests that as many as 693 cases of political violence occurred during the parliament election 2019. After the election between 1st June 2019 to 31st December 2019, 852 cases of political violence occurred with 61 casualties from, from that particular state. So we can see that there is a huge number of political violence that is that remained unreported in many of the uh, government studies like say NCRB report. NCRB is a kind of a report which is collected by the police. So we can, we can think of that why the numbers are compared, uh, comparatively lower in NCRB report because it is the state government uh, which is reporting these numbers. Okay. Then the alternatively what we can think of as a as a evidence of political violence, say if there is a huge number of political violence present in a particular state, then there is a possibility that the election, uh, so the nomination in the during the election from the opposition party will be less. So if we, if we try to see that what happened in, two, uh, in 2013 and 2018 panchayat elections in West Bengal, and, and just uh, try to, uh, I, I, I'd like to uh, highlight one particular thing that the panchayats are the source of economic power in West Bengal because, because it is a three-tier uh, three uh, panchayatiraj system. And so many, most of the government schemes are distributed through the panchayats, right? So now we, we, we can see that in the 2003 panchayat election, 10.66% of the seats have been owned by the incumbent political party uncontested. And that number has increased to 34.2%. It is actually a kind of a ridicule to the democracy of any state. So, uh, so it, it has increased to 34.2%. Uh, so this actually indirectly suggests that there is a huge number, amount of maybe some kind of barrier that has been imposed by the incumbent uh, political party for the opposition political parties to, for, to file nominations. Okay. And even, even actually the women are not spared in, in West Bengal and uh, Officer Dutta has uh, pointed out that the rape is one of the one of the instruments that has been used. Because whenever you, you, are, you are basically say trying to intimidate or maybe oppress someone, it is maybe your strategy will be to actually, if, you, uh, if, if we can actually somehow uh, get a sense of fear within you, right? So that is much better strategy compared to say, say killing some person, right? So maybe rape is being used in that sense. So there are two puzzles in West Bengal actually. So the first puzzle is how the present regime is persisting when the aggregate economy is not performing well. And the second is if the citizens of the states are satisfied with the performance of the state as reflected by the high vote share of the incumbent, then why would so many incidents of political violence during each and every election be seen? So these two particular hypotheses we have, or maybe the puzzles that we try to resolve in this paper. So in order to understand that, or, or maybe resolve this puzzle that what is happening in West Bengal, first we, what we need to understand is, a, is the nature of the society of West Bengal and, and, and that has started or maybe that somehow changed, the, the nature of the society has changed during the late regime. And uh, Professor Partha Chatterjee was, was one of the renowned political, uh, political scientists. So he has termed Bengal society as political society. So what is this political society? So political society is people's dependence on incumbent political party in everyday life. So in everyday, every aspect of your life that is controlled by the political party, right? Later on in 2009, Doipa and Bhattacharya, another uh, very renowned political scientist, 
he termed this is party society, not the political society, right? So just we can mark the difference, the political and party. So, so party is becoming the major uh, uh, major power in case of uh, in case of that type of a society. So now, if we try to so so basically, uh, uh, Avirup Sharkar, he is one of the renowned economists in uh, is working in ISI. So he tried to explain uh, the, the the persistence of the left regime for 34 hour, uh, for 34 years in power in West Bengal using this particular two things in a political society. One is informalization. So if that uh, that uh, informal economy is growing, so basically people are getting more and more dependent on the political party, right? and the party organization, if the political party is very strictly organized. And so he was of the opinion that since the left, left political party uh, was very organized and since the informalization of the economy was increasing, so these were the main reason for somehow the political mobilization that left, uh, left, left has sustained for almost 34 hours, uh, years. Now the problem is, Say now the problem is that TMC, the the incumbent political party now, that don't have a kind of a political organization. The left world were having. So now, how we will explain that how TMC is mobilizing or the or the ruling political party is mobilizing the uh, people uh, for incumbency, right, without having a strong political organization. So this is this was our biggest challenge to explain. And even we have when we have taken the data from the RBI stat, uh, stat, uh, statistics of, uh, on Indian states, so we found that the informalization of the economy has reduced slightly. So it, it was not that informalization was increasing during the last 10 years, but the informalization of the economy has reduced, right? And the political organization of the incumbent political party now is nowhere close to the left. So in this situation, how can we explain that? That what is happening, why this particular political regime is, is basically persisting and there is the role of political violence and different other kind of strategies that were there. So, what we try to argue that in absence of a strong political organization and a high degree of informalization of the economy, though the say the inform, uh, informality in the economy has reduced, but it has remained to a very high higher level. So TMC has created a new incentive structure of rent sharing by improving two existing instruments of rent, rent seeking. Uh, these instruments are syndicate and can't cut money to attach workers with the party, right? So these incentive structures help them to form a centralized political organization, successfully replacing the multi-layer, the multi-layer hierarchical political organization of the left. And this is what actually we try to argue in this paper. So both these instruments were present during the time of left, but maybe less prominent because of the strong political organization. Okay, now let's take some of the evidences that uh, which kind of rent seeking, or maybe try to, uh, we'll we'll try to understand that uh, that how the political mobilization is happening in West Bengal. So the rent extraction in urban and rural areas. So basically, what I'm doing here, basically we are trying uh, we try to divide the two instruments working in two different kind of regions. One is in the rural, urban and semi-urban areas where basically the syndicate Raj is operating and the uh, other instrument which is cut money that is operating mainly in the rural area. There may be some kind of overlap but mostly we can divide it in this way. So syndicate is the popular name of the organized form of corruption and extortion rackets mainly operate in the manufacturing and construction areas in West Bengal. So a small group of unemployed youth connected to the ruling political party who control a particular area and demand a share of any kind of transaction that is happening in that area. 
it may be the construction of a building or maybe buying a uh, buying materials for that or selling a land all these kind of things however it has actually the nature of the uh, of this syndicate uh, syndicates have changed during the democracy uh, uh, during the current political regime so it has metamorphosed into corruption and extortion racket since 2008 panchayat election when pmc got hold of the rajarhat new town area after winning the local ward election means the mm -hmm. panchayat elections so when tmc came to power in 2011 the party was controlling as many as 175 syndicates in rajarhat new town area and after that not only the syndicates have spread it to the interstate but it also have entered into the activities like land dealing labor hiring or finding rented accommodations even to college enterprises <laughs> right so the now the evidence suggests that this extorted money by the syndicates is shared between the syndicate members and the political leaders of the incumbent political party there are sufficient evidence and i have, uh, have given the actual source of that right okay now the main question is why are syndicates are uh, are, are are found to be associated with the political parties so definitely the since the members of the syndicates are this is a kind of extortion racket right so they always need protection from police and the incumbent political party is the best uh, maybe the body or the organization to give it right but the on the other hand the political parties also need these uh, members of this uh, syndicate and this requirement may, may come from two different sources one is definitely that the money of the of the syndicates the extorted money uh, to take a share of that extorted money is definitely one of the major maybe incentive for the political parties but the second is the second important point is uh, that the political parties use the muscle power of these syndicates during the elections to intimidate and oppress the voters of the opposition political party so now the similarly the rent extraction or the or the instrument for rent extraction in the rural area is is popularly known as cut money in west bengal so the instrument to extract rent from the rural economy is known as cut money and this is popular term used to uh, used in the state to represent the unofficial commissions charged from the beneficiaries of the government schemes by local tmc leaders for example uh, uh, people need to pay around say 10000 to 15000 uh, to entitle themselves for the indira avas yojana this, this has been found in one of the ethnographic studies by uh, professor shuman nath who happens to be one of uh, my earlier friend or earlier colleague in my uh, one of the places i was working so a google news search of the term cut money in bengal provided me almost 1,157,000 news items and the cut money collected by the tmc leaders is again shared from the grassroots levels to the topmost leaders in the political hierarchy of tmc so in 2019 after the party workers were dictated to return the cut money one of the members of the parliament then said that a person who has taken the cut money directly is only the front man there are others who are behind him they have also taken their share so the money has to be returned according to this state so the first statement or maybe the uh, that when when the uh, when the chief minister was dictating it is a kind of a maybe acceptance that actually this this is a kind of a prevalent thing in west bengal and then the statement of the member of parliament is clearly shows that it is being shared by by different layers of the of the incumbent political party so while the uh, okay so now again the question is why people pay cut money so there are two definitely definitely there can be two reasons one is definitely information asymmetry so what is information asymmetry so people uh, or the poor people in the rural areas don't have all the information of the government schemes available to them while the local political leaders of the incumbent party associated with the panchayats have clear information because they are running the panchayat 
So this in, uh, the information as asymmetry makes it difficult for the people to verify whether they have to pay money or not to get the entitlement of, the, of those government schemes. And these government schemes are not only state, say the state government schemes, this, uh, this may be central government schemes as well. So there is an example, a village women in Hooghly district paid rupees 550 rupees to a local TMC leader to get a cooking gas connection under the Pradhan Mantri Ujjala Yojana, a scheme of the central government pro, uh, for providing free cooking gas connection to poor village women. So, and she was thinking that it is the installation charge, right? So, similarly, a poor person in the rural areas often face take it or leave it kind of a, of a offer. So, if they don't agree to pay the say tax money, right? So, they will not be not be entitled or or, or maybe enlisted for that title. So since this kind of things are there, so people easily agree to pay that money and that is how it is, it is basically prepaid. Now what I, I tried to do, I tried to construct a political economic framework of rent sharing in West Bengal and definitely let me tell you that I'm coming to the political violence and how it is related to this particular kind of extortions. And so basically the, the right-hand side is the rural economy and the left-hand side is the urban economy. And here is the state government and this is the central government who are implementing or giving different funds for kind of say welfare schemes or rural development. Or maybe some of the schemes maybe for urban development as well but those are much limited compared to the rural development schemes. And there are three hierarchy of the political agents. First, that the at the at the bottom of that hierarchy is the people, the people or the voters, right? Then the local political elites. Those are basically that in the rural area they are the uh, they are uh, the uh, say the TMC leaders who are basically uh, running the panchayats or maybe somehow related to the panchayats. And, the, and in the urban areas, the, the, they are the syndicate members. And at the top of the hierarchy is the central political elites. They are the members of legislative assembly or the MLA or the MPs or the state level leaders of the incumbent political party. Now what happens that whenever a scheme is being implemented at the panchayat level, so this, the middle layer of the of the political elites right so the uh, those who are uh, taking the cut money or maybe uh, the, the syndicate people so in the rural area where, where this cut money is prevalent so they demand a, an official commission from the people right and this money is shared between not only they are they are getting the entire benefit but it is being shared with the central political elites right and whenever, so basically the income of the central political elites are also dependent or somehow linked with how many schemes the, the local political elites are implementing and maybe how much fund they are, uh, they are spending for, for, uh, uh, in the rural economy. And so basically since their income is, uh, the, uh, for both the central political elites and the local political elites, their income is linked with the funds, how much funds they are actually utilizing or maybe spending in the rural economy. So we have seen that uh, uh, the, the, the service delivery or the, gov or the government service delivery has increased during the time of, uh, during the time of uh, TMC right? There are many papers on that that actually try to praise that actually this kind of uh, schemes are being implemented and since compared to the late regime, there is a huge increase in the service delivery and, and now we understand the actual reason is, is, is the clear monetary incentive that has been set up by the uh, incumbent political party. So, but again, that Maybe, maybe this cut money or maybe what is happening in the rural economy that may not be very problematic and, and maybe even, even problematic as well, I'm going to explain. But what is happening in the urban areas, that is really problematic because 
say in the rural area what is happening so this money whenever a money flow is happening so there will be a kind of this flow will continue because everyone have an incentive to actually give more money and spend more money but in the syndicate raj or what is happening in the urban areas because this money flow is not coming from any government scheme so some people are extorting the businessmen so the business people are getting discouraged to invest in west bengal and that also explain that why west bengal is getting very limited investment despite several of the business summits for last few years the government is organizing right because it is a kind of a uncertain situation right and and uh, say whenever whenever there is a fixed cost involved for any kind of investment so if there is not a certainty of income or profit the business people are getting so they are not or, or they will not feel feel very encouraged to invest in okay so now let's unfold the puzzle so why political violence so since the local political elites and their associates in the incumbent political party are mostly the whole time party workers and or the syndicate members so in the majority of the cases their livelihood is entirely dependent on the survival of, or or survival of this rent that they are generating from the rural and the urban economy since the rent generation is linked with the persistent the persistence of the political regime itself so which allows them to extract the rent so their livelihood is entirely dependent on the persistence of the regime itself so thus the during the elections in order to protect their livelihood they do not hesitate to take violent methods of intimidate and oppress the opposition political party voters or anyone who they consider a threat for the threat to the survival of the ruling political party right so this explains very clearly that why there are so many political violences happening during the elections or maybe the after the elections but again still there are many other kind of political violence that professor datto was uh, trying to point out that is also happening and then we need to find out a reason for that so the other kind of political violence is so so there is another kind of political violence which is basically related to the distribution of this money mm. so it is not that you are trying to intimidate the or, or maybe trying to continue this particular rent seeking activities but actually there is a since the there is a hierarchical system of say distribution of money so who will be in which position in this hierarchy so that is one of the source of this kind of conflict say what happened in recent time in bokpui in uh, in birbhum district and that that is clearly related to this distribution so a person was controlling a particular area and 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 maybe extra extortion was happening through him and then some other other people have killed him and then in retaliation some other people have say uh, say burned almost uh, seven eight houses and and burned seven eight people like yes so other kind of violence that is happening or continuing in west bengal it is actually related to the distribution of that money right again say uh, say some people may say that there are some kind of religious violence that is also happening in west bengal then how would we uh, would we be able to explain that again if we see that uh, that even in case of the religious violences so it is somehow maybe 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 religion maybe the trigger of that violence but it may not be the root cause because if the religious violence is linked to the political parties and the and how the political power churning will happen right so then it may be that the religious feelings are only a kind of a trigger and that is very meticulously used by the political parties for their own benefits right again in those cases as well if we if we try to think it very closely maybe we will find similar kind of region that actually say some of the uh, uh, religious leaders or some people they are somehow enjoying some benefit of 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 this kind of unaccounted money that is flowing through the newspaper then why there is a increase in the vote share of the incumbent political party again the reason is very clear that 
there is a huge amount of political violence and oppression or the intimidation of the voters of the opposition political party. And in this kind of a situation, we cannot think of a democratic situation what is happening. So basically, the increasing vote share is not the reflection of the democratic process itself, but it is a kind of a reflection of the muscle power. Then why low economic growth? Right, so this is very interesting in a sense that, uh, so we have seen that actually there is a, or, or maybe there is an increased incentive for the agents involved in Cartman to spend more money and maybe, so that can increase the economic growth temporarily for the rural areas. So part money may act as a lubricant, right? It may not be very bad in that sense, right? Because it is increasing the flow of money and the, and the ultimate beneficiaries are the huge number of rural poor. So in that sense, if they are getting more benefit due to the existence of this lubricant or kind of a cut money or the corrupt practice, so it may not be very bad. But it's for the short term. But it is for the short term. There may be a huge long term distortion in terms of the state fiscal position. And for the state, which is already ridden with huge amount of external debt, so for that state, it can be a disastrous thing. So now, but still say, say for, the, for the time being, what we found earlier uh, from the data is there is an increase in the agriculture sector, right? So increase in terms of the GDP growth. So for the time being, let's assume that there was a, uh, so this cut money is basically improving the economy. But again, what I would like to point out is actually the agriculture or the rural sector contributes only 20 to 25 percent of the entire economy. The rest of the 80 to 75 percent are coming from the industrial and service sector, which is under the syndicates. Right? So, I'm sorry to interrupt on that particular slide. Uh, another interesting thing is that uh, the GDP share has actually declined from the left regime right. uh, to the last 10 years of the year. Last, last 10 years. So in another paper that, uh, that is in a working state, we have, we have used a difference in difference regression, mm. which basically shows that, that if the two different trades of say GDP or any other variable is significantly different from each other and whether they are different from their past experience as well. Mm -hmm. And we found that actually the growth rate of West Bengal during the current political regime is not only lower than the all India growth rate or the average of all the other Indian states, but it is lower than the earlier regime as well. Right? Okay. And the since now, since the 80% of the GDP is coming from the service and the industrial sector where actually syndicates are operating which is not having any kind of positive impact on growth, so we can understand that why the aggregate GDP has declined despite agriculture performing much better, right? So th that explains why the GDP growth rate in the economy is declining. Okay, this long run consequence, I have already said that actually uh, that uh, the syndicates are like toxic drugs. So if, if I just give a uh, maybe synonymity of, of syndicates with something in the medicine, then it is like toxic drugs. So it hampers the growth of the industry and the services it, and it, it also reduces the tax revenue the state government is getting. But the cut money are like steroids. So it stimulates growth in the short run, but generates distortions, risk and inequality in the long run. So, and, and definitely in a state like West Bengal, where which is actually written with huge amount of external debt, uh, that can be very disastrous. In, in recent time, we have seen in Sri Lanka what has happened due to the external debt. Though, since, it is, uh, since West Bengal is a, maybe uh, uh, in, under a federal system, that kind of disaster may not come. But again, again, it will it will definitely create a huge amount of distortion in the uh, in the in the state's own resource. And again, the actually the problem of this model of of development, where actually we are relying more on the 
political cadres of a political party to deliver the people some kind of welfare schemes against a kind of agency fee that the cadres are charging from the people. So this kind of de development model is getting popular in India. That is the major problem. Mm. Say after the success of West Bengal, in this kind of a framework, yeah. some other political parties are also promising people these similar kind of benefits during the elections. Say in case of election in Goa, in case of Punjab and all this, and, and, and even most probably in Delhi. So if it is happening there, so then, or, or maybe it, if, if it is becoming a role model, then definitely we need to uh, give a maybe clear, or, or, or we need much clearer understanding of the consequences that can happen in, in those particular states. Okay, so what is the way forward? But basically, I don't know. I don't know much about what can be the way forward, but definitely we can think of some, something. Like one maybe one one kind of things maybe say um, say social audits can work in this case. So if if for the government schemes say, uh, and but but again again in a state which where there is a huge amount of political violence, so who will do the social audit and and, and who will show the courage to show uh, maybe social audit the government schemes? I don't know, <laughs> but but maybe that can be a way out. So, and even say in case of the rural economy, if the information asymmetry is the major reason that why people are not protesting for giving cut money, then maybe we can, we can try to remove the information asymmetry by giving more information to the people uh, regarding the government schemes and, and, and maybe, uh, maybe telling the people that, uh, that actually you don't need to pay anything mm -hmm. to get the benefit of that. Or maybe setting up some kind of resolution redressal bodies. So if there is a kind of someone is asking you some kind of benefit for entitling you to some kind of government schemes, there will be a place where maybe uh, they can report. Maybe maybe actually the incumbent government in 2021 has taken similar kind of strategy by 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 that particular uh, thing uh, which is called DDK board. Right. So DDK follow may be a kind of an informal strategy to uh, to actually redress those those kind of uh, grievances. Right. So maybe that is. But uh, but we need a kind of a uh, maybe much more institutional system in that case to uh, get rid of the problem of this kind. Uh, sorry, yeah. Still, there is a fear of violence. So, but actually, actually, whenever there is a there is a violence, basically, and, and if it is an electoral violence, then actually democracy is not working at all. So that is the dangerous thing. And when democracy is not working, basically, nothing is working in a particular society. Okay. So maybe I would like to stop here. And if there are uh, questions, I can I can take uh, take them. Sure. So, uh, without further ado, we will go into the Q&A session and because we are small in number, please feel free to raise your hand. Uh, Professor Jha can take them one by one and address them. What is the role of demography in uh, this political Right. Because uh, one observation which I did when I went to recently to Bengal is, people are there are spiritual, even Hindus are Hindus are also very spiritual. Why is BJP not able to capitalize, uh, you know, these Hindus who are actually into uh, religion and all that, and make them as a vote bank? What is the reason behind that? And uh, the influx of many Bangladeshi Muslims who are coming into Bengal. What is their impact on the elections? Definitely. So, so the infiltration was uh, has remained one of the bigger challenge for West Bengal. And Maybe it is not only unique to West Bengal, but it is any kind of state which is uh, which is actually bordered within uh, or, or having an international border. So uh, it is very difficult. And, and if there is a disparity of income in these two places in terms of average income, then the flow of uh, people is very difficult to stop. Because if uh, if you if you try to see that what happens in US and Mexico, so Mexican people because of having lower uh, income opportunity, they migrate to the US or maybe through any kind of channel they, they would like to pay for. Or even even maybe crossing a kind of a huge desert, right? So, but uh, in this case as well, that uh, that is always true. 
but again but the other point that uh, i would like to so infiltration of the of the people from bangladesh is definitely maybe one of the reason and that can explain the the growth of the muslim population in west bengal in last uh, say say couple of years or maybe last 20 30 years but the major point that i would like to highlight here is demography can play a much bigger role not only by the share of the people uh, of hindu or muslim or some other uh, other other particular religion but and 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 definitely muslim population is almost 30% in west bengal so it plays a major a major role in that so there is no denying of that fact but actually the 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 age of the population may also matter say bengal is having a kind of aging population now right for the younger population it is much easier to sustain a political balance compared to a old old population so old population will easily succumb to any kind of threat given by some a group of young political leaders right so that may one of the that may be one of the reasons so basically in order to study this what we are trying to do now basically we are uh, now collecting some data of political violence from some states we have we have just started this project and we are we are actually getting collecting this information from newspaper articles because there are no other source and we are trying to f uh, so so there are basically several hypotheses one of them is whether the history of left violence or left rule has something to do with this because the evidence says not only in bengal but in in kerala say political violence is a kind of a prevalent thing so there may be some some kind of a, uh, maybe relationship between the left political rule and the uh, political violence in the state the other things maybe say 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 this uh, the south indian political uh, uh, the, the south indian states are also aging in terms of uh, their population and bengal is one of the say uh, eastern indian state which is actually having kind of an aging population now so maybe we are trying to so once this data will be constructed it will take huge time i, I can understand but uh, once this data will be constructed we will be able to i think reflect more on these particular issues what about uh, hindus and bjp also right so 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 there is uh, in the newspapers you will see that there are many articles on on this particular aspect that uh, a kind of uh, the bengali bhadralogs don't prefer a kind of uh, maybe religious sentiments or maybe religious polarization what is what bjp is doing in west bengal this kind of uh, statements are there and, and so if if actually even even actually the uh, last lecture on this particular topic when i was giving so one person asked me a very interesting question and and this question is very similar to that that why basically that it is it is a some kind of a maybe her, her own observation that actually bengali people don't like all this religious polarization or maybe religious sentiments is entirely missing but actually that may not be true in a sense that it is not if we look at the vote share of bjp and how it has increased so it is very difficult to refute that claim that people are not actually attached with bjp or people uh, are, are, are are not liking the ideology of bjp it may be a kind of a very small fraction of the uh, middle class urban people they may have a kind of a huge heritage of left sentiment or maybe left liberal sentiments or maybe uh, something which which now transformed in a kind of a support base for the tmc as well in the urban areas but the actual people in the in the rural areas they are very much attached to the uh, uh, religious sentiments in west bengal and basically it is very difficult to say that uh, that they are not attached to the bjp by looking at this particular vote share that in 2019 the vote share of the bjp was 40.64% in and in in 2021 it has declined to just only 2% to 38% right so this 38 and 40% maybe this vote shares clearly suggest that 
that actually people are attached to the kind of maybe the religious or maybe the, the value system that BJP tried to inculcate. So it is that particular argument that uh, that actually the Bengali Bhattulogs don't prefer this kind of a maybe religious sentiment is entirely wrong. Any other questions? Yeah, Sir, after this uh, election violence went, uh, a lot of political violence happened. Yeah. After that, a lot of uh, you know, people were complaining against BJP that there is uh, your government in the center and your own karikatas are getting killed, you are not doing anything. Yeah. And how is this going to impact in the future elections for the BJP's organization and ability? Yeah, so that is a very interesting question. Uh, maybe, maybe definitely this is not a part of what we have done or, or studied actually, but uh, I, can, I can try to think of what, but actually in terms of the ground level sentiment that I have seen in West Bengal, it is not very, uh, very positive after the kind of thing that has happened after, uh, because many of the state level political leaders of, of, of BJP couldn't stand uh, behind their own, own own party workers during that time, and that can have a very long run consequence definitely in West Bengal. And uh, many uh, many of the workers, those uh, were supporting the political party for a very longer period of time, uh, without uh, even even actually uh, during the operation of the left regime or maybe the TMC regime as well. So uh, they are now very discouraged. But again, again, what is the way of hope is basically that whenever there is a ideological maybe support base, that is very difficult to destroy even using the muscle power. So if since those particular support base was say 5-10% support base of the voters, BJP always retained even during the worst time that it has seen in those people. So maybe that that support base will not destroy. But the fluctuating vote, which was coming towards the BJP during that time, or maybe last uh, 5-10 years, so that may definitely, uh, there is a kind of a, that may be hit hard. Okay, I have a couple of yeah. questions. So, very, very interesting talk and uh, several threads of uh, uh, information and ideas that you have provided through this talk, uh, uh, you know, I could correlate some of the incidents and make sense of them in a way. Uh, you have interestingly touched upon the, the information asymmetries. You talked about the information as asymmetry, which is particularly, uh, you know, uh, uh, there, you know, the, in the rural areas. So, do you think that the uh, digital revolution that has uh, happened in the last 5-6 years uh, with the proliferation of the mobile uh, mm. internet and so on, uh, that uh, information asymmetry can be tackled, have you uh, given some thoughts to that? And also, uh, what? how do you see the role of the bureaucracy, the All India bureaucracy and also the West Bengal civil servants in, uh, in this entire uh, structure of cut money and rent extortion that you have been talking about. Exactly. So yeah, this is a really interesting question and actually once we were discussing about it actually uh, say when we were thinking of what kind of maybe way forward. So we were thinking that uh, maybe uh, that uh, even after the 2021 uh, state assembly election if you see that there are many schemes those were earlier been implemented through panchayats. Now there is a shift, slight shift toward implementation through the bureaucracy and maybe using different kind of say the electronic media or, or, or not media, it is the kind of different kind of say uh, uh, tools or the technologies that has been implemented. But again, the, the, the problem is that, that when we are thinking of say some kind of technological revolution or digitization, then first question is whether the, the incumbent political party wants it or not. But since what I tried to show that the, that the political party is surviving or maybe attaching the workers with the central political party through these incentives or through these rates that is being generated, 
So there may be a kind of that the political party itself or incumbent political party itself don't want right, to happen. So in that case, so what kind of evidence is what I can think that there is a kind of misreporting of the names or maybe so the in the digital platform say the beneficiary names have been uh, uh, imported but at the same time the names are wrong. So the actual beneficiary is who it is very difficult to identify in that case. Spurious data. So spurious data is there. So all these things, but but definitely the digital revolution can change many of these things. But actually the involvement of the bureaucracy, I am not very sure that uh, that which kind of impact it can come because in some other other places in other contexts, when bureaucracy is having the almost power, so we have we have seen that the bureaucracy becoming uh, kind of a corrupt part of that system part of that system. So it is it is very difficult to understand but definitely the digital revolution will definitely is going to breach some of these information asymmetries. And again coming to that uh, disparity between the GDP index uh, hmm. comparing the previous left regime, the last 10 years of the right. left regime 2001 to 11 and uh, the uh, run of the uh, incumbent uh, political mm. party in the Western government. Uh, what sort of uh, reasons do you attribute uh, the this disparity of, of the GDP? Because uh, you know there was this very interesting and impactful uh, incident in mm. West Bengal politics when the Tata Motors wanted to make a headway into West Bengal and set up the uh, nano uh, mm. factory, uh, which basically gave uh, Mount of Energy the uh, leeway to create a very impactful political uh, movement mm. through Shingu and then uh, which catapulted into Nondigram mm. and so on. So, uh, but in the last 10 years of the TMC's uh, two terms, actually three terms mm. now, uh, we haven't seen any significant investment uh, of uh, heavy coming. industry coming into West Bengal. So, <coughs> is that a reason? Uh, or, so, or what can be the right, so, factors? So basically, that uh, what we try to show here in this paper is that during the time of left, say the syndicate was there, but it was it was limited to only in the Rajarhat Newtown area. It was not spread to the entire state, state, right? So it was just only kind of a limited effect in a particular state and, and particular area and specifically to the construction sector. But it was not prevalent that much, right? So initially the aim of these syndicates were to form a kind of a cooperative to help the unemployed youth to get some kind of say the the say the supply contracts they can get for the buildings that is happening in that area. But during from 2008 onward that has changed entirely. And now the this particular system of syndicate Raj is, is actually the entire state is in the uh, in in its clutch, right? So the area has in, increased a lot, and it is not so. So actually, what we were trying to see that uh, that whether that uh, during the last ten years of the late regime, so the main contributor to the aggregate GDP was the construction sector, right? And then, actually, from 2008-9, that contract, uh, that actually construction or the real estate sector has declined. So its contribution to GDP has has become half of the earlier earlier uh, earlier contribution. So basically, it it give, gives us again another support that the since the syndicates are most prevalent in that sector, mm. so that sector receives the worst hit. And, and in case of West Bengal if, if economy, if we can think that what are the major sectors that is contributing to the most of the GDP, then the, definitely construction and or the real estate is, is one of the major sectors in West Bengal. Because the population is aging, so they are actually disabling, they are actually, they, everyone needs a kind of a maybe safest stay, uh, place to stay. Mm -hmm. And the population density also matters a lot because the population density in West Bengal is very high. So, because the demand of housing is much higher compared to any other state. Right. 
from what you say, I think the picture looks bleaker than it seemed because during the last 10 years of the left regime, the only two pockets of big construction was in the Rajaratnagar region and also one project in North Bengal, which is near Shiliguri. Near Shiliguri. Yes. So now it has actually spread to other pockets like Asansol and you know even Kollani and things like that, places like that. And still the places. Still the share of the construction business into the GDP has declined, which shows that the syndicate tentacles are very dangerous. Yeah, it is. It is at a very very dangerous level, and 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 actually for any business person who is trying to invest in West Bengal. So it is a very discouraging environment. Nightmare. Yeah, nightmare. Because in, in, in geographically, West Bengal is having a big advantage because it is close to the sea. It is uh, maybe uh, in the uh, eastern India, there is a huge market, but there is not a kind of a supply side mm. for that. Because the rest of the part is the other other countries, right? For the specifically for the entire northeast region. Mm. So now there. They need a kind of a supply uh, or, or, or maybe place from where we can transport the commodities, right. goods, and services very quickly, right? So, in terms of uh, its geographical location, so West Bengal is a very lucrative place for any people who is trying to invest. Mm. But again, for these political regions, it is it is actually very difficult to uh, or, or maybe it is not very difficult to understand that why the investment is coming, despite its kind of lucrative.